1: Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak for Monday, June 5th. Coming up today,
2: oil gains after Saudi Arabia pledges to cut supplies by a million barrels a day.
1: The debt ceiling deal could set off a flood of borrowing for the Treasury.
2: UBS plans to complete its Credit Suisse takeover by next week.
1: And with stocks on the cusp of a bull market, Morgan Stanley says the rally won't last.
3: The Cessna plane that was headed to Long Island crashed in Virginia. Plus, as Ukraine started its counteroffensive against Russia, I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stash, Allen
4: Sports. The Miami Heat won game two of the NBA Finals in Denver. The Yankees topped the Dodgers. The Mets lost again to the Blue Jays.
3: That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app,
2: and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
1: And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today.
2: Oil is on the rise this morning. That's after Saudi Arabia announced it'll cut supplies by one million barrels a day starting next month. The move takes Saudi crude production to its lowest level in several years. Here's United Arab Emirates Oil Minister Sahil Mohammed al mazruri
0: It was a good deal, a historical deal, and and we look forward to uh, monitor the market, but That deal is giving clarity to the market, giving uh, the market visibility on uh, on next year.
2: And checking oil prices right now, NYMEX crude's up 2.5% at $73.51 a barrel.
1: Well, Nathan, back here in the U.S., the threat of the government defaulting on its debts is now on hold until after the next presidential election. President Biden has signed the deal with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy that suspends the nation's debt ceiling until January of 2025.
5: This is vital because it's it's essential to the progress we've made over the last few years is keeping full faith and credit of the United States of America and passing a budget that continues to grow our economy and reflects our values as a nation.
1: And the president addressed the nation from the Oval Office before signing the bill on Saturday. This gives the Treasury Department the green light to issue more than a trillion dollars in new debt after months of disruption. Bank of America estimates the wave of new issuance could have the same impact as a quarter percent interest rate hike from the Fed by draining liquidity from banks.
2: Speaking of banks, Karen, U.S. regulators are reportedly preparing to force large lenders to shore up their financial footing after this year's regional bank collapses. According to the Wall Street Journal. The changes could raise overall capital requirements at large lenders by roughly 20%. The paper says institutions with large trading businesses would take the biggest hit, while those heavily dependent on fee income could also face significant increases.
1: Well, in Europe, Nathan, UBS expects to complete its takeover of Credit Suisse as soon as next week. And we get the details from Bloomberg's Ewan Potts in London. Good morning, Ewan.
2: Good morning, Karen and Nathan. It has been a tumultuous period for the normally sleepy world of Swiss banking. But now that period is drawing to a close as UBS says its Credit Suisse takeover could be completed as soon as next Monday. Credit Suisse shareholders will receive one UBS share for every 22.8 outstanding shares held. The deal, agreed in that dramatic weekend back in March, creates a mega bank that not only dwarfs every other Swiss lender, it's also double the size of Switzerland's economy. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay. Okay, Ewan, thank you. Turning to markets now, the S&P 500 enters the week on the cusp of entering a bull market, a level which would see the index rise 20% from its October low. But Morgan Stanley does not expect this stock rally to last because of a pullback in corporate earnings. In fact, Morgan predicts earnings per share for the S&P will drop 16% this year. That's one of the most bearish predictions among those tracked by Bloomberg. It contrasts with bullish forecasts from the likes of Goldman Sachs, which anticipates mild growth.
1: Well, Nathan, expect airline revenues to take off. The airline industry's main lobbying body is doubling its estimate for global net profit this year. The International Air Transport Association expects profits to reach $9.8 billion this year. The association expects more than 4.3 billion passengers to travel this year, and that's around 96 percent of 2019 levels.
2: Well, one carrier in the U.S., Karen, JetBlue, is weighing its options. That's after a federal judge ruled the Northeast Alliance between JetBlue and American Airlines broke antitrust law. The judge ordered the pair to dissolve the arrangement within 30 days. We caught up with JetBlue CEO Robin Hayes. He talked about a possible problem this busy summer travel season.
5: The biggest
3: challenge that we face in the United States really is air traffic controller staffing. We're based in New York, uh, and the FAA has said that air traffic controllers in New York are down to 54% of what they need. And as a result of that, we've already had to cut.
2: Uh, flights. JetBlue CEO Robin Hayes spoke with Bloomberg from the sidelines of the IATA annual general meeting in Istanbul.
1: Well, Nathan, Apple is poised to unveil a long-rumored headset today. While no product will ever live up to the iPhone, the headset has the potential to usher in a new era. It could kick off the shift to a different interface that upends how people work, play games, and entertain themselves. It's also a risky endeavor that could backfire for Apple. Mixed reality headsets are still a nascent field, and many people are hesitant to wear a computer on their face. The Apple device also will have design quirks, such as an external battery pack, and a price tag of roughly $3,000.
2: Finally, Karen, financial professionals have a warning for their employers. Don't ask me to come into the office more often, or I'll quit. Bloomberg's latest Markets Live Pulse survey finds about one in two people who work in finance would change jobs, or already have, if their managers required them to spend more time in the workplace. More than half of respondents to our poll globally prefer a hybrid arrangement, only about 20% actually favor working from the office. And it's now time to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning,
3: Nathan. Russia says it thwarted a large Ukrainian attack in the eastern province of Donetsk, though it's unclear if this was the start of a Ukrainian counteroffensive. Russian Defense Ministry spokesman Igor Konakenshkov threw a translator.
2: The enemy did not achieve its tasks. It had no success. As a result of capable and calculated actions of the group of forces east, the Ukrainian army suffered losses of more than 250 people, 16 tanks, 3 armored personnel carriers,
3: and 21 armored vehicles. Ukraine did not comment. A Cessna plane that was headed to Long Island, New York, crashed in Virginia. The wayward plane flew over restricted airspace in Washington, D.C. The Capitol and White House were briefly placed on high alert. An F-16 jet hit supersonic speeds to reach the unresponsive pilot of the Cessna. The F-16 caused a sonic boom over the Washington, D.C. area. The private plane ended up crashing over mountainous terrain near Montebello, Virginia. No survivors were found at the wreckage. The small Cessna departed from Tennessee, headed to MacArthur Airport in Iceland. Hollywood is a step closer to resolving one of its labor issues, Bloomberg's Dan Schwartzman reports.
2: The Directors Guild of America has reached a tentative agreement on a new contract with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, one of the unions that represents Hollywood Studios. The deal will include a 5% wage increase in the first year, a 4% increase in year two, with a 3.5% raise in the third year. The agreement also says that generative AI will not be allowed to replace humans. This deal could be used as a benchmark as other industry unions look to finalize their contracts. The agreement will be submitted to the Directors Guild of America National Board at a meeting on Tuesday. Dan Schwartzman, Bloomberg
3: Radio. Prince Harry's battle with the British press is headed for a showdown in a London courtroom this week with the publisher of the Daily Mirror. Harry is scheduled to testify in the high court after his lawyer presents opening statements today, in his case alleging the Mirror unlawfully snooped on him. He'll be the first member of the British royal family to testify in court in more than a century. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Thank you, Michael. time now for our Bloomberg Sports
4: Update. Good morning, John Stanshauer. Good morning, Nathan. Terrific. Game two of the NBA Finals in Denver. Both the Heat and the Nuggets shot it well. Miami made almost half of its three-pointers. Denver over 50% overall. Miami up by 11 in the first quarter and then down by 15 and Denver was up 8 starting the fourth quarter. They were 37-1 and one this season with that big a lead. But Miami went from down 8 to up 12. Nuggets then got it down to 3. Miami hung on to win. 111-108. Denver had won its Last seven playoff games was 9-0 at home. They got another big game from Nikola Jokic, 41 points, though no triple-double this time. He had only four assists and he had five turnovers. The series tied at one. Game three is Wednesday in Miami. Yankees and Dodgers scoreless until the seventh inning. Pitchers duel between Domingo Herman and L.A. rookie Bobby Miller. Yanks scratched across runs in the seventh and eighth, and then the rookie was up in the ninth.
3: And the lefty Ferguson to the plate. Swinging a deep shot, left field, backing up as Altman. He's watching it. It is gone!
4: A home run! And Evolpi goes yard into left field. It hits the bleachers. A two-run shot and some ninth-inning insurance for the Yankees. On WFAN, Yankees won 4-1. to one. They went 4-2 and two on the road trip. The Mets' homestand had that sweep of the Phillies, but then they got swept over the weekend by Toronto, who finished the sweep winning 6-4 on a Brandon Bell two-run home run seventh inning. French Open Novak Djokovic into the quarterfinal. 14th in a row for him in Paris. Victor Hovland won the Memorial Golf in Ohio in a playoff. And 20-year-old Rose Zhang, the winner of every major amateur tournament, won the LPGA in New Jersey in her pro debut. I'm Bloomberg Sports.
0: From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate?
2: Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We head into a new trading week, a little bit more than a week before the next Federal Reserve decision. With the S and P 500 on the cusp of a bull market and oil prices surging this morning after Saudi Arabia announced it'll cut production by another million barrels a day, following the OPEC plus production cut from earlier this year. Let's get this trading week started. We're joined by Dennis Gardman, the former publisher of the Gartman Letter, now chairman of the University of Akron Endowment Investment Committee. Dennis, good morning. I know you've been a little bit more moderately bullish on this market after calling a bear market for just about a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. With the S&P where it is right now, Mm -hmm. can we call this a new bull?
5: We have to be very careful, because if you take a look at the S&P, what, 10 of the stocks, a handful of the stocks have been, what, uh, almost up uh, 90% of the valuation. They've rallied about 10% over the course of the past year and the other 490 stocks are down on the year out of the S&P 500. So, you have to be careful. This market has very has as they commonly say has bad breadth. So, be careful out there, but nonetheless, it's, it, it keeps making new highs if you're just if you're buying the, the triple Qs or the or, or any of the the broad indices you you've done fine, but you, all of your valuation has been incorporated in just a handful of stocks. So, it's not the uh It's not the healthiest of bull markets, but nonetheless, it seems to be a bull market. Do you think
2: that the uh, growth trade, some of the moves that we're seeing into uh, big tech stocks, has gotten a little bit crowded, or does it have (laughs) further to run?
5: I'm not sure it's crowded, but it's certainly overdone. Uh, Buying NVIDIA at, what, uh, several hundred times annual sales is a little bit uh, beyond my ken. I can't understand it, and as my good friend Gary Schilling once said, Markets can remain illogical far longer than you or I can remain solvent. A lot of people are short. I wouldn't be short of those stocks, but I would—I clearly would not be a buyer of Nvidia. I would not be a buyer of Microsoft. I would not be a buyer of the high tech. Owning some of the banks makes sense. Owning some of the uh, the manufacturers makes sense. Maybe even owning some retail makes sense. But uh, owning the high tech stocks that have that have been uh, on such a tear to the upside, I think that's senseless.
2: Does it make sense to get further breadth into this market when we get calls from the likes of Andrew Sheets over at Morgan Stanley last night saying that we could see a 16% earnings per share cut for the S&P 500 that could bring this rally to an end?
5: Well, I think that's a little bit uh, too pessimistic on my my part or on his part. I think he's probably ill-advised to make that kind of a statement. I think earnings are actually bottoming out rather than topping out, and I think they'll probably be higher in the in the 490 stocks that haven't done very well over the course of the past year. So I think earnings are going to do better. the the big The big question this morning is, we, OPEC uh, having cut or Saudi Arabia having cut a million barrels of crude oil out of its uh, out of its uh, production. Now Saudi Arabia is going to be producing nine million barrels of crude oil a day. The United States is producing what twelve and a half million barrels. It's pretty amazing to think that we're producing 2.5 to 3.5 million barrels more per day than Saudi Arabia, making us far and away the largest producer of crude oil. That, that, I think, is the big news of the day.
2: Well, what does that dynamic mean for oil prices going forward here? If we do continue to see uh, the U.S. leading in crude production, does that put a floor on oil prices, or could we see more of a rally there?
5: We're probably going to end up seeing more of a rally. It's, it's really, really quite impressive. The one thing that has bothered me about the oil market is that the term structure of the futures market has been backwarded, has, has lost its backwardation, excuse me, and has gone to a very slight contango in the front end. That usually is bearish, but nonetheless, this cut is a, a bit surprising. I think the Saudis mean it. I think they intend to, to, to stand by that nine million barrel production number instead of 10 million barrels of crude oil per day. So probably we're looking at WTI making its way up to $85 a barrel. We're probably going to see Brent make its way up to $90 a barrel. I think the bull market continues there. It's a little surprising, but nonetheless, this is a surprising cut, and I think the Saudis mean it.
2: We have about a minute left here. Now that we have resolution with the debt ceiling in Washington, D.C., what's the market impact there? What could it mean for Treasuries?
5: Well, it's a good thing that 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 the idea of default has been taken off the the blackboard completely. That's a step forward, and I think it does allow the Federal Reserve Bank the the chance to the new term skip the raising rates at the next meeting this week or next week. So I think that that's probably a relatively good thing. But we're going to end up seeing at the at the short end of the curve slightly higher rates. I own a lot of two years. I'm comfortable owning a lot of two years. I wish I'd waited to buy them until today or tomorrow, but uh, nonetheless, I'm, I'm comfortable owning a lot of two years at this point. The, the yield curve seems to be wanting to go to a, an, even, an even larger inversion, and I think at the long end of the curve, avoiding uh, purchases and beyond the five years probably makes sense to me for a while.
2: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.